0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. This is Kim here. And yes, I know it's a Wednesday, another day late. Like last week. So I'm so sorry. But here's the thing, Yins guys. My family was here in Chicago this past weekend. My little nephew was here, and we had to do all this shit. We had to go to Navy Pier. We had to do the zoo. We had to do the aquarium. I mean, he's three years old. We had to do that stuff. So I had to put this back a day later. Please, Yins guys, forgive me, but the bitch is here. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. I would have to say researching different things online as far as Bravo stuff and what the hell is going on. I didn't find too many things that I was like, "Ah, my gosh, I can't deal with this. But this is what I did find out. And I'm sure all of you guys know this already. But if you don't, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, yes, is coming back uh, what was it? September 12th, I believe. So set your calendars for that because we're going to be meeting a new chick. And I believe her name is Jen, too. Maybe they got her because they know that Jen Shaw could potentially go to jail. I don't know, though. But wouldn't that be interesting if that is the case on why they wanted to get another girl and it was because her name was Jen? Oh, I would die. Not really. But you know what I'm saying. So again, Keep your calendars open. September 12th, Salt Lake City. Yay. We saw the trailer, or at least you should have seen the trailer. Bravo dropped the trailer. Looks pretty good, if you ask me. We get to see Jen Shaw get arrested on camera, even though we've already seen that shit because it already came out, like, what, was it during the summer or even before that? I can't even remember, but we've all seen it. Meredith looks like she's going to be popping off her lid a little bit. I'm kind of excited about that. She was definitely a little bit more quiet the first season. But uh, I love the way that they ended that trailer where she was like, Bye, love you, and all that other shit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We get to hear a little bit about Mary. And her cult, apparently, that she is the leader of and says that she is God. So again, you know, Salt Lake City, I believe that they will deliver. So I'm excited about that. Uh, as far as my Rony gals and my Potomac gals, let's get to going and talk about the past episodes. Now, we're talking about Black Shabbat for Rony, So we're going to do Rony right now. So, we start off at Leah's apartment. She is practicing her Hebrew for Shabbat. And I know nothing about Hebrew, but it sounded nice to me. So, props up, Leah, because I don't think that I'd be able to do that. So, Ebony's calling Leah, checking in on her, just seeing what's going on. And she's talking about the upcoming event that she's hosting, Block Shabbat, at her friend Archie's house in Jawsy. Now, Ebony said that she's really excited to share this with the ladies and especially with Leah because of her journey of converting to Judaism. So she's really excited for everything. And of course, I'm sure in the back of her mind, she's probably like, I really hope that these white bitches don't fuck up my shit. And you know what, Ebony? We were all thinking that too. <laughs> so from there we go to Ramona and what is she doing she again wants to be another kick-ass businesswoman because she like has so many different businesses that she does because she is kick-ass so she meets up with former million dollar listing New York Michael Lorber and oh my gosh, do we recall whenever he uh, was in the first season, he looked totally different. Was his hair, was his hair brown? Because I think now it's like bleach blonde. And I don't think that's on, like, I feel like he dyed it, but I could be wrong. But I definitely know that he looks better now than he did when the whole season started of Million Dollar Listing in New York. Am I wrong? I don't know. Let me know if I am. If I'm right, still let me know. Now, he's trying to help her out because she wants to be a real estate broker in New York because she knows how to deal with money and she made it over her Hampton's home and all that kind of shit. So he's trying to show her the ropes and he has this listing and a showing that he's doing and it's a friend of his, thank God, because if a real client that was not a friend that came in with Ramona doing the shit that she did. I would never, ever want to recommend that particular company to anyone because Ramona is a crazy bitch. So Michael's trying to help her out and she's kind of stepping in. The guy comes in and she's like, yeah, so like, I'm going to show you around the apartment and like, oh my God, when you go down the apartment in in the hallway, like, don't you just see this X, Y, and Z? And then she says something about a piano and I'm just like, bitch, calm the fuck down. Like, let him get a word in, one, Two, did you see her slap Michael whenever he was trying to talk to the guy about east, west, north, south, and all this? She's like, "Oh my god, I was supposed to do that!" And then he says, "You know, you can't really do this." Thank God he's a friend. And she's like, "Oh my god, I'm just, I was so excited. I just want to do it." Like Ramona, you're fucking exhausting. You're exhausting. I'm really exhausted with you at this point. And then eventually what killed me during this whole thing, she's standing there and then all of a sudden she's like jumping up and down on her heels like, oh my God, yeah, see, I can do this. I can run on my heels, I can do this because whenever you go to a listing, especially with fucking things like this, Super expensive, talking dollars here. Usually you see people take off their shoes so they don't damage the hardwood floors or anything like that. So Ramona didn't do that. And she just went in there and she was just trying to prove that she had rubber on the end of her heel so she wouldn't damage anything. And that's why she was looking like a fucking five-year-old during this whole thing. And I that was annoying to watch. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So I was like, oh my god, can we please get to the next scene? So then we go back to Ebony's apartment. She's meeting up with this uh, genetic investigator. She comes by to help her out on this whole process that she does to find family members. So as we remember from last time, Ebony did not make a match with Ashley, who she thought was a potential sister. So that didn't work out. So Ebony, again, is now back at the drawing board, wants to see what the fuck is up. Who's my dad? Who's my family? I want to know more. So this lady comes in, talks about the process of what she does. Ebony is very interested, and so am I, to be quite frank. I mean, I've never heard anything like this as far as an investigator of any kind. So this will be Good, as Giselle would say, back in the day of Potomac. So when Ebony asks the process of how to do all this shit, the only thing throughout that whole conversation that I remember from what the lady said, she was like, "Well, there's a cluster, and then there's a cluster, 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 cluster." I literally got cluster fucked because that's all that—that's <laughs> all that I heard. But it seems like a pretty cool process with what she is doing. She clearly knows what's going on. And I just hope it gives the results that Ebony wants and everything that we want to see on the show to make her, you know, to make her happy so she knows more about her family. I think that's great. So then we go to Sonia. And Sonia going on a date with this man. I definitely don't remember his name. But he seemed more in her age range, not like AARP old Mr. Morgan style, if you know what I'm saying, okay? So it was interesting to see just because Sonia, to me, she felt so different during that whole dinner. I liked what I saw, but I don't really know if that's really her. Or maybe it is. And maybe she's doing all this crazy other shit for the cameras that we see all the time where she's like a hot mess express sometimes. Maybe that's not real. So I don't really know. But it was interesting that she was so different on this date than she usually is on the show itself with the girls. And that made me wonder, are we all like that whenever we meet someone new, especially if it's a date? Are we all a different version of ourselves for the mere fact of you wanting to present yourself in a certain way to this stranger? And then eventually, are we that crazy, kooky, hot mess express like Sonia is sometimes whenever they know us better? I don't know. I thought that was interesting because I've recalled on any of the dates that I've gone on before... I think that I've been myself but I don't know from the outside in maybe someone could question that of course there would be like a fly on the wall that would have to see that but I just thought that was an interesting thing do we act the same whenever we're going on like a first date or meeting a complete stranger and is that really who we are something to think about I just thought about that when I saw the episode I was just like huh that's really crazy but this whole date The guy seemed nice. She seemed pretty interested. However, if you ask me, I thought the date was kind of boring. I was bored with the conversation a little bit. I felt like Sonia wasn't herself, like the Sonia that we love. And that guy was talking about how he had some surgery and like a jelly donut oozing and the pus and that was just weird. And I don't know if I'd want to hear that on the first date. I don't know, but I thought it was boring. (sighs) So now, all the girls are getting ready for Black Shabbat. They're all excited. They're trying to figure out what to wear. Lou has this amazing dress that I love. It's like Ramona blue, which is crazy that I just said that because she doesn't own the color. But I love that color blue. And I do have to say, Luann looked really good in it. But it is crazy when all of the girls, meaning Ramona, Luann, and Sonia, but I think it's really Ramona and Luann during this conversation, none of the girls could get it right. None of them could get Shabbat, and they couldn't get Black Shabbat in their fucking sentences when they're talking about the event that they're going to in Jersey. Let me see here. Uh, Sonia apparently said to Luann that it was the Black Sabbath dinner, LOLOL, but seriously, come on. And then Luann said something about a Black Cedar dinner or whatever, it's just like, hello, do you girls listen when people talk? No, you don't, because it's Black Shabbat, not Black Sabbath, Black Cedar, it's Black Shabbat, okay? We're going to Black Shabbat. So then we get Leah calling Ebony and she's all upset and she's like, oh, my God, I like can't go to the Shabbat because I was exposed to someone with COVID. So I have to quarantine. Now, I don't think necessarily Leah sounds like that, but for some odd reason this season, I feel like she does. (laughs) So I think I'm totally wrong, but that's how I envision her when I watch her on screen. (laughs) So Leah says she can't come to Black Shabbat. Ebony's all bummed, so is Leah. It is kind of shitty, though, because Leah would have gotten more out of it than any of the other women because she's converting. So that's a little bummer-some, and yes, that might be a made-up word, but I love it. So she can't go. And with that, she wants to do a Zoom call because she still wants to be included. Ebony's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Let's do this shit. So Black Shabbat's about to commence and the girls meet Ebony in this like kick-ass bus thing, you know, that they do whenever they go on trips and they're uh, about to go. Everyone looks really beautiful, classy, yes, maybe with a little bit of sass, you know, because there are New York girls. So they are traveling to the house, to Archie's house. Every time I hear Archie, I just think of Shannon Badoran. Archie, 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 her little dog. Oh my God, the uh, golden retriever. Love, love, Archie. Now on the bus, Ebony tells the girls that Leah is not going to be there because, well, she's not there. She's not on the bus, one, but she's like, yeah, she's been exposed to COVID. So she's going to do a Zoom call. Then what does Ramona say? Well, you know, that's kind of weird so it's kind of weird but you know what to to Ramona's defense and I don't even know why I'm saying this but I'm saying it whatever I don't give a fuck it is kind of weird uh we'll get to it when I talk about it but there's a point in this dinner where like the connection is so dunk that you can't really move on to anything, and you just can't keep starting and stopping and starting. So we'll get to it in a little bit, but I totally understand why Ramona says it's kind of weird. But when they get to Archie's house, I do love the fact that Luann got out of the bus, and you could see snow all around, because it was winter, and she just started this mini snowball fight with the women. I thought that was so... Well, first of all, I was surprised that it was Luann. But I was so happy to see that. Like, Luann, thank you for not taking yourself so, so seriously. And that was such a lightning upper for the mood. That made no fucking sense. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> at all it lightened up the mood even though the mood wasn't really that heavy actually it wasn't really heavy they were just traveling to the fucking house so I just liked it it made me enjoy Luann in a different way instead of just being the cabaret uh it's cold outside I need to come in to film my music video so I enjoyed that thank you Luann and you filled my love tank as Vicky Gunvalson would say so now we're at what home and let me just say, can oh, this freaked me the fuck out. If you looked around in her house, did you see all those fucking cages like behind her table? Like I tell you, it looked like she could have been a previous kennel owner like of a of a business, a kennel business owner because there were so many fucking cages behind her tables. Like I thought How many animals have been in those cages? Like, you're freaking me out, lady. Like, I just thought it was bizarre. I mean, I guess the decor is not my type of style. And we definitely know, because we hear it from Ramona, that uh, it is not her style either. But the cages kind of freaked me out, made me a little uncomfortable. But then we go meet Ebony's friends that she went to Israel with. But uh, if you were, you know, with Ramona, Ramona would say it's her black friends and... Honestly, I think it's just Ramona is uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable with the word black referring to black people. That's just what I think. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I think. Because even at the end of the episode, when Ebony was on the phone with Leah trying to discuss all the shit that I'm going to talk about eventually... Ebony was like, I don't even understand why she's freaking the fuck out. Like, I even have a white woman who's Jewish that's throwing the whole thing to make you feel more comfortable, Ramona. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I think Ramona, for some odd reason, is just uncomfortable with that, which is so fucking weird. And she just, it's, I mean, we all know it's exhausting. It's cringy. And it's unacceptable. It's just so stupid. I mean, Ramona, you really need to grow the fuck up and just learn that it's not always show Bronwyn okay we'll get there too <laughs> I'm so glad that she's not on the fucking show anymore I did not like her either she was not my fave I'd rather have Tamara back and we all know that I don't I don't loves uh, a Tamara either so then we get to the decor on the table at Archie's house Ramona is like oh my god is this is this placemat And then she's like, no, it's a napkin. She's like, no, this is a placemat. It's so long. Like, what are you doing? But here's the thing. If you watched Watch What Happens Live with Dorinda last week, Dorinda did say they looked more like placemats and not napkins because they were too long. So you know what? Dorinda makes it nice. She knows what the fuck is up. So not only was Dorinda giving you a little critique on your placemats there, Archie, but we all saw that Ramona was as well. But I'm team Dorinda. So there's that. So at some point, Ebony introduced Sonia to her other friends and they were talking about how she introduced her to a matchmaker in Philadelphia and they were about to talk about the experience and then Luann kind of bumps into the conversation and then Sonia doesn't want to discuss it anymore because we all know, we all know the... Hiccups that happen whenever it's Lou and Ramona and Sonia because they like man dip in the same pond. It's like crazy gross, but it's true. So she wanted to change the subject. And then something about introvert, extrovert came up, and Sonia said that she's introverted and so is Ebony. And her friends were like, What the fuck? And then they were trying to defend, not defend, but they were trying to say, No, we really are. I'm sorry. If you're on a show called The Real Housewives in New York City, you're not an introvert. You are an extrovert. You like to be up in front. I think that's great because I'm an extrovert. I love it. So, don't be ashamed if you're an extrovert. Extroverts are fucking cool. So are introverts. But I do have to say, Ebony and Sonia, I do not believe that you are introverts by any means. (laughs) Then we connect with Leah on Zoom during the Shabbat dinner. And then, of course, Leah can't hear and or see anything. She's like, seeing candles in front of her face because she's on Ebony's phone because the computer froze and all that kind of shit. So Archie wants to start all this shit. And then the connection keeps going in and out. And then Leah's like, I can't see anything but the candles. And then Ramona's basically buttoning in and she's like, well, you know what? We can't stop every time that you you can't hear something. We got to keep going. Like we we just can't sit here. It's going to be taking forever. And everyone, as far as I'm concerned, it's just Leah really like, why, Ramona? Why? Da, da, da. Here's the thing. As I said before, I kind of defend Ramona in this. Like, there's a shitty-ass connection. Leah can't get through. You should not have to wait for your whole entire dinner and shit to, to have that connection come back on again. I'm sorry. As the words of Broadway in New York City itself says, the show must go on. Okay. That is a business thing. That is nothing personal. It's just the event needs to go on because it does. So I, in fact, yes, I am in support of Ramona with this. I do think they didn't have to wait every, you know, if Leah froze, then they'd have to keep repeating and repeating. No, it's exhausting. And then no one would get anything out of the fucking dinner in the first place. Oh my God. But then we find out that Ramona was also engaged to a Jewish man, which is cool. And she was converting, did the same thing that Jessica did for Mike in Shaws of Sunset, right? Uh, we saw how that didn't work out. But Ramona was engaged to a Jewish man, and I guess she was converting. And she said in her confessional, you know, he he never said that he appreciated that I was changing my religion for him. And you know what? I broke off the engagement. You know what, Ramona? Wow, this is the second support that I'm giving her. This is obscure, (laughs) obtuse, as Ariana would say. You're obtuse. But I do have to say, good for you, Ramona. You found out that that did not work for you as far as you didn't get the support that you needed in a partner. He didn't give that to you and you put your foot down. That, my friend, is, uh, is a strong woman in that point. Just saying. So I don't want anyone to come after me after I just said this, but I do. I appreciate the fact that she opened up about that, and yeah, I, I thought it was great that she stuck up for herself and she left. So good for you, Ramona. Then back to Black Shabbat. Okay, Leah is about to do the blessing. I would say blessing, non-blessing, because there was like a point when she was going in and out with a connection. But it ended up working, so yes, it was a blessing, and it finally comes through, and she did a really great job. As again, I said before, I know nothing about Hebrew, but the way that she sang and the way that she spoke sounded good to me. And Sonia was really touched by it, so I thought that was a really nice moment to see. And then Archie comes back into conversation, and she's talking about how so appreciative she is of Ebony, and how she wanted to put this event together, and that she's also concerned for the Jewish and Black communities. And then, of course, we heard the word Black community, and then what happens Miss Ramona, Miss Ramona Sanger's got to chime in and says, well, yeah, what, what about the Italians, the Italians, the Italian Jews? <sighs> what?" She says Italian whenever she also said that she's from Ukraine. So those are two totally different places, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, okay. Just wanted to get that out there. And then Ebony comes in and she's saying, well, Ramona, we're trying to explain to you, you know, how two different, oppressed people can come together and lean on each other and then of course Ramona doesn't understand this because she does not fit any of those boxes as we clearly know and she's just continuously making everything about her and it's really really exasperating exasperating and then Leah's just like oh my god Ramona it's not always about white people and it's not always about you shut the fuck up I support Leah on that for sure (laughs) But then, quote, yes, I love this quote from her. Beautiful quote from Leah about Ramona. Shade, yes, love. She says, Jewish people hated you at college. I'm sure everyone hated you at college, Ramona. Yes, love it. Could be true. Who knows? Then we find, per Ramona's words, that she was discriminated as well by Jewish people. Like, honestly, she's really reaching, okay? She is a far reach for all of this shit at this point. It's just ridiculous. However, is it totally calculated? Yeah, because it's Ramona and she's becoming so uncomfortable and this is what she does. She says that... The Jewish people when she was younger made fun of her and discriminated against her and it made her uncomfortable. And because now she's feeling uncomfortable at the dinner, she gets up and of course she walks away because she doesn't want to deal with it. And then people are talking about everything that's going on and then they're like, what the fuck, Ramona? And then Ramona comes back and she's like, I had to pee. Am I not allowed? to pee and I'm sorry Ramona you did not pee because you were gone for like 0.5 seconds you couldn't have peed that quickly okay so I think you just needed to get out to get a little bit of steam off and you didn't want to deal with it but then you came back because you're in in your mind you're like oh fuck I'm on a tv show so I kind of have to do this so not only is Ramona acting very annoying but I would have to say Sonia kind of comes in and she's kind of ticking me off at the same time. She is constantly talking and talking. Like, I don't know if it's the alcohol or whatever, because I'm not really sure if she drank anything, but she just seemed a little off her rocker a little bit, and she was talking way too much, in my opinion, and she was just being really unaware and... I definitely felt bad for Ebony's friends because they were just sitting there trying to have a nice Black Shabbat dinner and all this shit. And then they had to see all these white bitches go all fucking crazy, okay? It was insane. And what was even more insane is that now Ramona says, oh, I I wanted to be Jewish. I wanted to be Jewish. It's not insane that she's saying that I wanted to be Jewish. What's insane is Now she is expressing that now in the moment. Like that's, she's, it is calculated. It's so ridiculous on how calculated this is. It's killing my soul. It's killing my soul. I did love the fact that Ebony said something like, it's not about you, Ramona, in your white isolation. Oh, love it. That was so yummy. Yes, it was like a fucking sour patch kid in my mouth. It was sour, sweet. Yes, loved it. Thank you. Shut the fuck up, Ramona. (laughs) So then we get to Sonia saying that everyone needs to shut up because we need to hear about the blacks and the Jews. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And then you cue over to Ebony's friends and then one, I think it was the guy that says the blacks, the Jews. And then the girl says, I'm going to need another margarita because in their mind, they're like, holy fucking shit. This is cringy and crazy as fuck. These women are fucked up. They don't even know. Like, this is crazy. Why are we here to deal with this shit? It was insane. It was cringy. It was a cringe fest. Ugh. But of course, it's to be continued. We see Ebony and Leah talk on the phone. She goes out of the room because she doesn't want to deal with all the bullshit that we're about to see. And uh, yeah, that was the episode. It was pretty crazy. We'll see what happens. Even though technically it's Wednesday and the episode would have already happened. But I'll be talking about that next week. But yeah, it was it was crazy. Let's go to Potomac! I don't know why I said it like that, but it was fun. We're in Williamsburg. On the girls' trip, hosted by Candles. We're at the scene of... I want Ray to live. I want Ray to pay his bills. Per Giselle's mouth. <laughs> that was actually a really great scene. It does take you back to... <laughs> whenever Giselle wore the free Ray uh, the t-shirt and like the tax shit from what was it the third was it the third season it might have been maybe the second I, I can't remember but I remember that <laughs> and whenever I heard her say I want him to pay his bills I just thought of that moment yes Giselle is shady and tacky is hell as Karen would say Kurt but I love it. It's fucking great. <laughs> and Giselle keep keep giving it to us because I'm taking it in. Wendy steps in and says that Giselle was like, "Karen, Giselle wasn't wishing death upon Ray. Like you're kind of you're kind of making this old man and especially since it was 4 years ago." I think Giselle said it was 4 years ago. Wendy wouldn't fucking know, but she did say Giselle never said that she wished death upon Ray, which by the way, Karen, she never said that. She just said that he's going to be six feet under whenever she starts not being pretty or whatever. Like, honestly, at this point, it needs to stop. The beef needs to stop. Candace comes in and says, you know what? Karen your shit that you're holding on to is from forever ago and like it's old fucking news you gotta let it go baby you gotta let it go and Giselle you're not you're not any better you're kind of doing the same shit you need to let shit go and listen to each other and work it the fuck out and then Mia then chimes in and says I really want you guys to mend everything together because I really want to have a good time and Ascala also comes in and says her two cents and says hey you know what I've been a little uncomfortable. This is awkward right now, and I want to have a good fucking weekend. So, girls, Kern, Giselle, you're hearing from all the ladies themselves. Get the fuck over it. Apologize or whatever, and just be civil because everyone else wants to have a good time. Stop making it about you, Bronwyn. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> what I, I wrote, I said, stop being petty, bitches, bitches. <laughs> Oh boy! But then they say that they both will be able to move on if the other one acknowledges blah 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 blah. Like if I need if I fucking hear that one more time from any housewife, like I feel like you need to acknowledge my feelings. I feel like you need to acknowledge what you do. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. Like what the fuck? Blah blah blah. This is literally like a Crystal Sutton thing. How fucking long did that stupid towel in the room feud, which was ridiculous. It was just the dumbest thing. How long are we going to have to hear about this Karen Giselle thing for the rest of the season? How long is it? Because really you have no storyline and because the Monique storyline last year was probably the best that'll ever be right now. I don't know, but like it is killing me that they're really extending this. It's just exhausting. Karen and Giselle, they are better being messy. They're messier. They can be messier than this. I'm disappointed. This right now is like child's play. I want, they got to up the ante, baby, up the ante because I want more shade and I want more mess. But then after that, all the girls go to their quarters, (laughs) meaning the estate and the cottage. I also want to say some of the girls that were in the cottage, which probably all of them, just because this is a housewife show, they were so not disgusted, but disappointed that they were in the cottage. I'm sorry. The fucking cottage was nice. I'd fucking go in there. I'd fucking live there if I could. So I just want to say the cottage was nice. The estate was huge. It was nice too. But goddamn bitches. Come on. You're killing me. (laughs) Ah. So then you have Karen, Wendy, and was it Ascala too? Picking up one piece of fucking luggage to take it up the stairs. Like how many people need to help them? I mean, call Kathy Hilton so she can call her people that help her out. Like, oh my God, I can't even deal with this. They were just going up one flight of stairs. That was a funny scene. Oh my gosh. Now we're back to Ashley's house with her babes her little baby Dylan and baby Dean, and she's talking about how there's been an adjustment for the new baby there, obviously, and how they're just sort of figuring out their lives with this extra person, and you also see that they're doing a little family photo shoot in their apartment. How cute! Or condo, I'm sorry. Apartment, condo, whatever. And I have to say, those photos came out pretty cute. I thought they were really, they all looked good. Even Michael, and I can't even believe that I said that. And we also found out that baby Dylan has jaundice. I've never heard of this before, but I looked it up. And apparently jaundice is a yellow discoloration of a newborn's skin and eyes. So I guess she had to do light therapy to kind of treat that. So I thought that was really interesting. But I guess it's he seems to be doing better So I've never heard that before, but it seems with the light therapy that he is doing better. So that's good. Ashley's talking to Michael about how she wants to go to Williamsburg to see the girls for like a hot second because Giselle invited her, even though it's Candace's hosting event. But she is going to be there for like a day. So we'll see how that goes. And then she also talks about how Giselle... Is ready to go back out there and date because we all know that Jamal and her did not work out. Thank you, fucking Lord, because we do not like her with him ever. He shouldn't be with anyone. I've said that before. But whenever Ashley said that Giselle's ready for that, Michael's like, well, what about Juan? Is he married yet? Maybe he's available. What? Oh my God. Shade, Michael. Shade. That might've been the best shade I have to say uh, of both of the episodes because <laughs> one, I think we all know, there might be a little feelings or something that Michael has for one, uh, I I don't know. I feel something, there's something there that you're like, oh, yeah, he has some sort of feelings for this guy. and some, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's there. So, he was basically saying, I told you so, that they would not get married. Like, if you're going through a pandemic and shit, okay. But, like, if you're going to marry a person, you want to marry them, you're going to marry them. Guess what? Juan and Robin aren't married yet. So, I told you so. Does Juan really want to get married? Oh, Michael, you're killing me, man. Don't come after Robin like that. She's one of my faves. Don't come after her. Don't do it. So, then all of the girls are gathering. We're back in Williamsburg. The girls are getting together, they're getting ready. Wendy is basically half clothed again, and Jesus, I don't care if you're wearing Versace or if you're at fucking Target. Like, I don't need to see your tits hanging out like that every fucking second. I'm sorry. I do believe in feeling good and comfortable and confident in your skin. That's great, and she is. We can totally tell, which is great, but I don't need to see it all the time, and you know what? Because I don't need to see it all the time, I wouldn't have to be by her all the time, so that's how you can solve that problem. That's what I'm saying. And I guess Giselle and Robin can solve it that way because whenever they talk to her about it, well, I'll get there. OK, <laughs> well, we'll get there. Speaking of Robin and Giselle, they're in their estate room or whatever, and they're talking, just the two of them, about how Wendy seems to be different now. And she's just sort of out there, if you know what I'm saying. Out. Boobs out. You know, ass hanging, doing all this shit, which is fine. Do you, as I said before. And they're basically saying it's totally different from the professor that we heard all last season. I think they do have a valid point. She is completely different from last season. I felt like... Did she want us to take her seriously last season because she's a professor and now that she's dressing and acting in this sort of manner, which is nothing like she did the first season, are we still supposed to look at her and take her seriously? Like, I I don't know, but it is definitely a different... Zen Wen is definitely different from Professor Wen, um... And I, I don't really know how to respond. It's, it's a little jarring to me right now. I'm having trouble to connect with her. And I think that's what Robin and Giselle is like right now, too. I think they're having a problem to connect with her on a real level because they feel like she's not giving them her real self. And I have to tend to agree with that. Robin also comes out and says that her personality seems different and that whenever Robin met her last year, she exuded such a substance and she's like, well, I wonder if I met Wendy today, would she exude that substance like she did last year? I don't know. I don't know. Robin could have a point, right? Couldn't she have a point? She also says that she feels that Wendy is a lot colder now, like she's cold shoulder almost And she's not as friendly and warm and all that kind of shit as she was before, because we all saw her come down Mia's throat when they first met each other. So there is something going on. And Giselle talks about that as well. And she's like, I wonder if this is all happening because of the cheating allegations about Eddie. But Giselle admits that she doesn't believe those rumors, and neither does Robin. They don't think that Eddie's cheating, but they're wondering if she's overcompensating Wendy, if she's overcompensating for what's going on with those rumors, and that's why she's doing all this shit. She's dressing the way that she is. She's acting the way that she is. And I don't know. I think they have a point on that, too. Clearly, I am a Giselle and Robin supporter, so I don't know if I'm going to steer away from that at the moment when it comes to Wendy. Wendy. But it was awesome because as they were talking about Wendy, what happens? It's like Alexi from below deck med. Wendy comes into the conversation. She's like, hey. And then Ascala comes in. And then what happens? The whole conversation about Wendy dies down. And they don't discuss it. It's just a very light discussion before they all go downstairs and meet the rest of the gang. Candace then gets them some gifts, got them a robe and some swim caps because I guess Giselle is hosting water aerobics with the ladies the next day. That's very Dorinda-fied, and I fucking love it. Which, by the way, Bravo Chatroom was on the other night, and it's cool that Giselle and Portia are there, and MJ was like the co-host, but I feel like what would be fucking amazing to really make Bravo Chatroom the best of the best of the best, you gotta have Dorinda Medley in there. That would be fucking great. Three hosts, Portia, Giselle, Dorinda. Holy fuck, that would be the best. I would tune into it more and more and more. I do have to say whenever it was Hannah, Portia, and Giselle, this is after Kate left. I didn't watch it anymore because quite frankly, Hannah, I'm not a huge fan of at this point anymore. And I just think it would be fucking awesome to add Dorinda to the roster because she's not on the Housewife show right now. So Andy, just hook her up. Okay. Make it nice. So now the girls are all getting in the car. They're about to go to dinner. And they're talking about the itinerary for the next day, which is what I said, water aerobics hosted by Giselle. And I guess there's a whiskey tasting that they're doing where the people are the distillerers, I guess is what you would say. They are coming to them. So they're coming to the estate and they're doing a whiskey tasting. That's kind of cool. I wonder how much that would be. Candace is then talking about her business And what she's doing with her acting and her singing, music, all this shit. And how Chris is the manager and how that's affecting their relationship. And we all see that Mama Dorothy does not like it. She feels now, oh, Mama Dorothy's kind of being like Mama Joyce. Yes. She's like, "I don't want him coming after you for the money, Candace, okay? He's quitting his job cuz he wants to be your manager. What the fuck's he gonna do? Trying to mooch off of you." <gasps> Mama Joyce said that about Todd. Oh. So, we have a good parallel here. Mama Joyce, Mama Dorothy. I think they'd be friends. <laughs> Candace says that Chris is pretty strict, kind of like a Chris Jenner type. Shit, that's not good. I, I If that's the case, Uh, I hope the Potomac show is not heading in that direction because I will not keep up with it if you know what I mean. So I do appreciate the fact that Giselle kind of put a different light about everything that's going on with Candace and Chris from the outside in. And then we see that Robin is expressing how she's been very unmotivated lately and she finds herself getting up really late and not really doing much. And she has so much shit to do. And one of the ladies was like, well, do you feel like you could be depressed? And she's like, I, I don't know. Like, I never thought about it, but maybe I need like a life coach or something like that. And Juan is basically saying that like, I'm turning him off and all this shit. And this is like surprising Giselle. It's almost like this is the first time that she ever heard this information from Robin, which I'm surprised at that. But a lot of people online were kind of coming after Giselle saying like, I can't believe you're, d- you're doing that to your closest friend. You're saying all this shit. I don't think Giselle did anything wrong. I think she's keeping it real for her girlfriend because they're closest girlfriends. Giselle looks at Robin and says, hey, you know what? No man wants to marry someone who's unattracted to them. Yes, it might sound harsh, but I guess if that's what Juan said to you, Giselle's just trying to keep it real with Robin. And that's especially after Robin said, I haven't made any changes to make things better yet. And if you were to ask me, it sounds like she could be going through some sort of depression. But again, I'm not a doctor. I have no fucking idea. But I do appreciate the fact that you can tell Giselle and Robin are super close because, Giselle's not dilly-dallying over her. You know what I mean? She's she's like, hey, this is what the fuck is up. You need to listen to me because this is happening in your life right now. You need to wake up. I appreciate that. That is someone who is a good friend. But then you have Karen in her confessional. She's like, you know, a good girlfriend will lift the other girlfriend up. Not put him down like Giselle's doing with Robin. <sighs> you know, Karen also does have a point. <laughs> she does. But... There are some tough moments in friendships that have to happen to really know that those friendships are fucking real and they're here to stay. So life gets pretty fucking crazy and we all know that and we just need the people that really are there for our best interest to really help us either one, wake up or two, move on and like keep going. So I appreciated what Giselle did. Ah, but then the last part comes up, right? Giselle comes in and just sort of says, I just also want to talk about, uh, Wendy, I have seen more of your boobies in the past two months or so than the whole entire time that I've known you. And I find like that's, that's, there's something going on. What's going on? Are you okay? And we're not really seeing any substance from you. Robin kind of piggybacks off of that. And Wendy's like, well, I don't understand. Why can't I be sexy? Blah, blah, blah. And... Don't put me in this box and all this kind of shit. Mia chimes in and says, no, no, no. I kind of agree with what Robin and Giselle are saying. You won't see Michelle Obama come out with her titties hanging out and her ass hanging out as well. Like, you just won't see that. Dr. Wendy, you got four degrees. You know that she's got a point. I'm just saying. You want to be a politician. You're not going to be showing your nips to everyone. That's all I'm saying. We see Giselle say to Wendy, you were sexy last year. I thought you were really sexy last year. And then Wendy just comes in. Oh, cold here. She's like, I define my sexiness. Does she say boo-boo, sweetheart? I have no idea. But she does that type of attitude sass. That was pretty great. But whenever Giselle says the substance thing, that triggers her. And then Wendy gets super upset. And (laughs) this is a quote that I just thought, when I heard her say it, I was just like, what? Dr. Wendy, this is what she says. She says, I can be a professor in booty pop and twerk. Um, Okay, cool. But you're not going to be saying that when you're teaching the kids at school. You're not going to be saying that when you're doing political commentary on the television. So, if you do say that, you're not going to be doing it on those platforms. So, can you really? I mean, yeah. I, I Ugh. Karen comes in <laughs> and says, I don't even care. I could show my pubic hair if I wanted to to this group. LOL. Which, guess what? She does have a point. So I feel like I think what Dr. Wendy meant was saying that she could be a professor in booty pop and twerk in front of her girlfriends, which, yeah, I think you can. But if you think that you can do that with every little thing in your life, ah, that might come back to haunt you. Could. That's just my thoughts here. Giselle says, she's coming from a good place. We want to make sure that you're okay. And then Ascala, new girl Ascala comes in and says, I want to ask you, Giselle, about the status of your relationship with Jamal. Oh, and then Giselle's like, I'll be happy to discuss it with you privately, not in front of trolls. Ooh, do you remember those troll dolls? I loved them when I was a kid. Oh, loved it. So Karen Kurt is a troll saying that she's basically obsessed with Giselle's life and wants to, like, ruin everything. And then Karen says, Giselle, your life is a lie. We all know it. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think Karen does kind of have a point when she says the lie thing about the relationship. I mean, I think Karen's just, like, pissed off at Giselle and says, like, her whole life is a lie. I do think that her relationship status is a lie because I think she just wants to present herself a certain way in front of the camera. Sorry, Giselle. (laughs) Karen says... You always try to steer away from the conversation whenever it's about you and it's personal, but you're always like on it whenever it's someone else. And Giselle's like, nah, I'm not. Yaha, Giselle, you're kind of defensive when it comes to your personal life. That's just me being a fan of the show and being a viewer. And you have Robin to try to peacefully end this conversation about outer beauty. (laughs) She's like, Wendy, I just don't want the changes in your body to define you. So in my mind, I'm like, well, cheers. What a great fucking dinner. (laughs) It was pretty heavy. So the girls disperse and they go back to their rooms. Giselle and Robin discuss with each other that they were happy that they could talk about that shit with Wendy because, you know what, she needed to hear it. But then you have Wendy. This is a good quote, too. She says, Giselle, my left implant has more substance than you is this the moment whenever she's sitting down with Karen the next morning and she's saying that the substance word triggered her and about you know how they think I don't have substance now just because I got new tits and a new ass like what the fuck So that's when she says, my left implant has more substance than you, Giselle. That was some shade. I definitely don't think that's true, but I could understand her pain and understand why she would say that. You see Candace working on her bad bitchery is what she would say. I actually kind of like that. Bad bitchery. I'm going to have bad witchery bitchery during the Halloween season. Yes, I'm excited for that. So she's working on her vacay, getting her dance moves down. Dance moves down for her music video. She wants to be taken serious by the industry and the musical greats. Well, honey, let me tell you this. And I'm not a musical great, but I do know a lot about music, I do have to say. Uh, you'll be taken seriously once you stop using autotune in your shit. Candice, you don't need autotune. Please take it out. You're so much more talented. That- People that don't know how to sing well use autotune. Candace, you can sing well. You don't need auto-tune. And I'm just going to rest on that. And that is basically the episode. We will see how this whole trip goes whenever Ashley visits for the one day. I want to see that water aerobics looks pretty interesting. I would have wished that Dorinda would have been their uh, instructor. Why do I feel like Dorinda would really... Did She, she did aerobics, but I feel like she could do door water aerobics. <laughs> oh my god I'm an idiot but anyways Yin's guys thank you so much for listening to this episode it's been a shit show if you can tell thank you so much for listening please subscribe to the show uh give me some five stars on apple Podcasts, whatever and rate rate please 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 rate Definitely comment. Reach out to me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. That's Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Hit me in the DMs. Let me know what you like, don't like about the show, and let's just shoot the shit. And follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. And Yinz guys, have a kick-ass rest of the week. And I shall see Yinz guys, yes, next Tuesday.